Truth Espresso, episode 56. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hey there, my name is Daniel Minnick, and welcome to Truth Espresso. We are continuing a series of episodes talking about the topic of abortion, and abortion is very much a taboo topic, but we believe that there is a lot of important information to know about abortion, and there are a lot of lies that are said about abortion, especially by abortion advocates, and you're going to find abortion advocates all over the media, many politicians, academia, pretty much anywhere of influence and then only people who actually believe that life begins at conception and that there's a reason to protect life will actually make an effort to bring information about the negative effects of abortion as much as they can to the forefront and so we're going to talk about that in this episode. So we have talked about the question what is the unborn and to make the case for the pro-life position that all life is valuable, even the life of the child inside the womb, and to answer the question, what is the unborn, is to answer the question, is abortion good or bad? And we talked about everything from racism to thought experiments to philosophy to bodily autonomy, and in the last episode, if you haven't listened to that, I recommend you check that out. We had a little bit of fun with Patrick Tomlinson's thought experiment about the burning fertility clinic. And so we had a little bit of fun with that. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the effects of abortion. Now, obviously, the primary effect of abortion is what the whole debate is all about. It is answering the question, what is the unborn? And so the most important effect of abortion is the fact that it actually kills a human life. It kills the life of an actual human child inside the womb a whole human being from conception. But that's not the only effect of abortion. And it is not to dismiss or to diminish these other effects that I say that killing the unborn is the most important effect of abortion. But there are quite a few other effects of abortion that we really need to take into consideration because abortion advocates will try to fight these tooth and nail and they will try to explain away the reports and the studies and the statistics showing that there are these negative effects besides the fact that a human life has been murdered. And so to talk about the effects of abortion and to answer the question, is abortion safer than childbirth? Is my lovely wife Chelsea once again. So Chelsea, welcome back to Truth Espresso. Hello and thanks for having me. 
And so Chelsea, let's answer that question right now. I mean, as a certified nurse midwife with her post-master's certificate in certified nurse midwifery who has delivered 100 babies around there and has volunteered in pregnancy centers, has dealt with many pregnancies, is abortion safer than childbirth? I mean, that's the claim by the abortion lobby. Is abortion actually safer than childbirth? That's a great question because this question is actually very prevalent in any type of nursing, medical, healthcare training that you go through. A lot of articles, a lot of different medical people are trained in this idea that abortion is actually safer than childbirth. To quote directly from a article by Raymond and Grimes from 2012, the article is entitled The Comparative Safety of Legal-Induced Abortion and Childbirth in the United States. Quote, The risk of death associated with childbirth is approximately 14 times higher than with abortion. Unquote. So Raymond and Grimes are declaring that abortion is safer than childbirth, that childbirth is actually 14 times higher risk than an abortion is. Now, to break down some of these statements that you see claiming that childbirth is more dangerous, if we look at the statistics and pull them apart, the statistics are actually very inaccurate and not complete. So, for example, a lot of the statistics are underreported, so that makes the data invalid. We don't have accurate reporting. We have incomplete reports. If you think about it, there is an agenda behind reporting this information. So for Planned Parenthood or different abortion clinics, if they're reporting deaths or even complications from the abortion, then that could scare women away from having an abortion. That could maybe limit access to abortions maybe even shut down abortion clinics. So they don't want this information to get out there. And then, as we've mentioned earlier, there are only 26 states in the United States that actually have to report any complications. Uh, Recently, Daniel and I have been reading a book by Abby Johnson called The Walls Are Talking. And in this book, they're talking about different healthcare workers from Planned Parenthood clinics or other abortion clinics and they're sharing some of their experiences. And Planned Parenthood will actually go to the extent of even paying women that have had complications to be silent about these complications. So we have a lot going on here that is giving us a very limited view and a very deceitful view of actually what is the complications of abortion. Another problem with a lot of the research articles that you'll find stating that abortion is safer than childbirth is that they're comparing uncomplicated abortions with all types of childbirth, so not just uncomplicated childbirth. So if you compare uncomplicated abortions with all pregnancies, then you're going to have a higher mortality rate with childbirth because this is including the complicated pregnancies, deliveries, like C-section. C-section has a higher rate of mortality. 
So if we compared uncomplicated abortions with uncomplicated deliveries, you would actually see that there is a higher mortality rate with abortions. A lot of the data that we see also does not include suicide deaths in there. A lot of the coroner reports, they're not able to identify if the woman had been pregnant or not. And then a lot of the articles are also only looking at mortality rates among either maternal, like if they were just pregnant within 42 days, up to a year after their pregnancy or after their abortion. So the limited time frame here isn't giving us a complete picture as well because some of the complications we see with abortion can actually be further out in a woman's life. So just limiting it to 42 days up to a year after this is not giving us a complete picture either. So just a few things to think about as far as the validity of that statement. So no, the statement that abortion is safer than childbirth is totally a lie, and it has an agenda behind it like we just discussed. Yeah, right, Chelsea. And you mentioned um, that we need to keep things into perspective. We need to compare apples with apples, which it sounds like what you're saying is that these reports don't actually compare things that would be comparable. And they end up with saying that abortion is safer than childbirth. I mean, for the mother, of course, you know, not for the unborn. But if we were to compare modern abortion procedures, as we call them, against, say, childbirth in medieval Europe, with the lack of sanitation and the bubonic plague and stuff like that, of course, abortion procedures from today would come on top compared to that. I mean, think of childbirth in medieval Europe, where basically you're looking at an average of 10 pregnancies to have one child make it to adulthood. I mean, it was really bad then, but of course, abortions at that time were even more fatal to the mother. So at any time in history, say no matter how advanced the abortion procedure, the medical expertise available at the time for handling childbirth is safer for the mother on average than for performing so-called abortion procedures. So I was going to point out right quick too, babe, that with the medical field advancing over time, like you were describing, that does kind of change how, yes, we have safer childbirth now. We also have safer abortions, if you look back in history as well. But also we have an increased number of women getting abortions. So that kind of changes the balance there as well in our statistics. Right. And so we'll talk about what are some of these physical effects of abortion besides the death of the child. And of course, these physical effects are going to be most likely on uh, the mother. So what are some of the immediate health risks to the mother for abortion? Now, the first one, of course, I want to point out is death, there is the risk of death to the mother. Of course, the abortion lobbyists are not going to advertise that, but there is a study done at thelancet.com, a medical study by a bunch of doctors, Dr. Lael Say et al., an article entitled Global Causes of Maternal Death, 
a WHO systematic analysis. So this is not exactly Jim Bob's church, you know, doing a study from a pro-life perspective. This is a consensus of medical doctors studying various databases of maternal death statistics and the cause of death at about 8% of the cases for all maternal deaths worldwide, according to World Health Organization data, was abortion. Now, they lumped miscarriages in ectopic pregnancies within that category of abortion, but we know how prevalent abortion is now, and so most of what would be under the category of what they would label abortion would be induced abortions. And with an 8% cause of maternal deaths worldwide, I think contracting COVID would be less riskier than having an abortion. But And, and that's just talking about death. But, um, you know, there are other effects. So, Chelsea, you have anything to, to say about that or some of the other physical effects of, a, of abortion? Yes. So the World Health Organization is an interesting place to gather the maternal mortality rates because they have different definitions for what they consider to be a maternal mortality So like you mentioned, the deaths from abortion include miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy. So there is not a clear picture of what is exactly related to abortion because one of the complications of abortion is that you can miscarry future pregnancies. You can have an ectopic pregnancy in future pregnancies. So it might even have a double effect in those numbers there. Another issue with WHO is that a lot of their information is an estimation and not actual numbers because, again, they're only getting reports in the United States from 26 states. So half of the U.S. is not even accounted for in those reports as well. There was a study done in Finland in the late 90s, early 2000s, So it's a little bit old, but it does give us a little bit better picture of some of the potential risk for death associated with abortion. And their numbers, they found that a woman was three and a half times more likely to die after having an abortion. So there are lots of different numbers out there. And it's really hard to actually pinpoint what this looks like. And most likely, the death rate and the complications from abortion are higher than what we have on paper. Some other physical effects that can occur from an abortion is breast cancer, which we'll go into that a little bit more in detail. Your risk for infertility increases. Your risk for miscarriage increases. Your risk for a tubal pregnancy can be twice as high after just one abortion and four times an increased risk for an ectopic pregnancy after having two or more abortions. Hemorrhage is one of the most common causes of maternal death after abortion, mostly from perforating the uterus. If you remember when we talked about the different types of abortion procedures and they're using sharp instruments to enter into the uterus to dismember the baby and pull it out, a lot of times it's pretty easy for those instruments to puncture right through the uterus. And sometimes the bleeding isn't obvious right away. It can be later on when the mom is discharged home or even the next day. So, uh, and they can bleed pretty quickly. 
Um, so that's one of the most common causes of death after abortion. The mom is also at risk for infection. This is called pelvic inflammatory disease, and it's estimated about 30% of abortion cases can result in infection. A lot of times there's fetal parts, baby parts, that are left behind after the abortion procedure, and even just a small piece of placental or amniotic sac tissue left in the mom's uterus can cause an infection, and the infection can become serious quite quickly. So after the abortion is complete, there is actually an assigned technician that will put together the baby body parts and make sure that all the body parts are there, which is disgusting. It's hard to picture having that job. So another complication can be chronic pain, just uh, pelvic pain after having an abortion, and then also dyspareunia, which is pain with intercourse that can pursue for a lifetime. Another complication that is rare but does happen, and there's actually reported cases of um, perforating the bowel because the bowel is right up by the uterus there. So if they perforate through the uterus, it can easily perforate the bowel or even the bladder. So some women can end up with a colostomy afterwards and have long-term complications from that. And unfortunately, all these complications that I just rambled off are not discussed with women prior to their abortion because, again, how I mentioned earlier, the abortion providers do not want to scare women. If they tell them these are all the risk factors that you could be facing with an abortion, they may not follow through. But it's interesting because pro-abortion people are advocating that this should be a woman's choice. But if you are going for a simple procedure... I say simple, but getting your wisdom teeth pulled out, you go through this long, huge list of all the risk factors of just getting your teeth pulled out. So something more invasive, such as an abortion procedure, you would think to have informed consent, like we're taught in the medical field, that they need to go through all of these different risk factors and complications that can ensue. And with the breast cancer, just going back to that quickly, your risk for getting breast cancer after an abortion is 50% higher, especially if you're young, under the age of 18, if you were on oral contraceptives, or if your abortion was prior to carrying a full-term pregnancy. So just a few of the complications here, we can go into more detail about breast cancer. Yeah, Chelsea, that's... That's a lot of good information. I mean, there's so many different possible physical ramifications from having an abortion. And unlike the lies or the slanted, twisted statistics from the abortion lobby, it should be an intuitive thing to consider that our bodies are designed for procreation. A woman's body is designed to have pregnancies, to bear children, and to deliver them. And if I remember correctly from reading about some of this, to sustain a pregnancy, to prepare for stages in fetal development, the pregnant woman's body will increase hormone production by about 200%. More progesterone, more HCG, more estradiol. 
And with the increase of hormones and later on in the pregnancy is basically there's a lot of cellular diversity reproduction going on to prepare for things like breastfeeding. And that doesn't just immediately start after the child's delivered, but there's preparation for that. There's more tissue being formed. And so when a baby is just ripped from the body and the body's not expecting that to happen, the body He's fully anticipating by design the stages of pregnancy. And so when the baby's removed and all those hormones are built up to sustain a life, you would intuitively think that would just be harmful to the mother's body. And so given that cancer is a result of lots of reproducing cells that have um, errors reproducing, You'd think that, intuitively speaking, abortion could um, lead to things like breast cancer. And, of course, you have the Susan G. Komen Foundation, the race for the cure, for um, trying to get rid of breast cancer. But it seems like a lot of people who participate in that also advocate abortion on demand. And so it seems like they're really fighting in a way that actually hurts themselves. They're advocating for one thing— that causes the other thing they're trying to fight. And so, Chelsea, do you have information more to talk about how abortion can increase the risk for breast cancer? Because that's a big thing, that there's a lot of women in particular who get breast cancer a lot. Yeah, so how you were describing that normally in pregnancy, you have this increase of hormones initially, the progesterone, estradiol, and HCG, and these help cells to start to develop in the breast tissue specifically for breastfeeding at the end of the pregnancy. So early on, these cells do not have a job, so they're not differentiated. They don't have a specific task yet. So those cells are at a higher risk of carcinogens, exposure to cancer-causing type of substances. So in an abortion, when you abruptly stop that hormone process, you have all these cells left in the breast tissue that don't have a task. And the carcinogens are like, oh, yay, here's some cells we can take over and we're going to make these cancer cells and we can reproduce really quickly. And unfortunately, that's how you see that connection between abortion and breast cancer, because we are going in and artificially stopping that process and it stops suddenly and there's this huge crash of the hormones. In a miscarriage, however, there is something that went wrong with the developing pregnancy. So typically, you see a decline in the hormones naturally. HCG is dropping, and that's what we're looking for to see if the pregnancy is going to continue or not. So you'll see the decline in HCG. You'll see a decline in the progesterone. So with that natural decline, then the cells that were starting to develop will actually kind of die off as well. So miscarriage can slightly increase your risk for breast cancer, but not as drastically as the abortion does because your body is naturally declining with the hormones already. And most of the time with a miscarriage and breast cancer, it's usually when you've had four or more miscarriages that your risk for breast cancer increases too. 
Wow, Chelsea, that that's definitely really helpful. It's something to really think about. I mean, it, it just makes perfect sense. You interfere with nature that drastically, that abruptly, and that's how cancer works. And so, of course, if that were true, which it is, you know, it would damage the abortion industry. But since the abortion industry makes a lot of money off of women in tough spots who trust them for health care needs, they're not in favor of that kind of information getting out because it could mean the end of their business and they don't want that. And I'm sure we can think of better things they could be doing. There's legitimate health care for women that doesn't involve killing children or interfering with nature like that and hiding the problems caused by things like abortion. And so there are plenty of physical effects. And of course, we mentioned death from bleeding. So there's immediate effects. There's also effects, physical effects that can be manifested later on, like breast cancer. But, you know, it's not just physical effects that are the result of abortion. We really need to think about the mental effects or the psychological effects that result from abortion. I mean, abortion advocates want to wish away this debate by dehumanizing the unborn. And so if abortion is not the killing of an unborn child, as I have said before, then there's no reason for anyone ever to be against abortion. So why then would abortion have these mental and psychological effects on the mother? Primarily, what I have in mind is the effect of depression. Now, if abortion were not killing an unborn human being with value, then why would anyone have any reason to be depressed or have regret over it? But that is a thing. Now, the abortion industry wants to suppress this and say it's not a thing. They want to say it's nothing but propaganda by pro-life advocates. And of course, they want to to paint the picture that pro-life advocates are nothing but a bunch of men trying to control women, which really those who are involved in the pro-life movement, a lot of them are women, should have the right to laugh at that. I mean, as I said in the abortion fiction series of episodes earlier from last year, take a look at any crisis pregnancy center that tries to keep women who come in who are in dire straits and they're considering an abortion these crisis pregnancy centers try to keep them away from killing their children women who come in there they're they're greeted by women they're counseled by women the ultrasound technicians are women they're all staffed by women it's not a male dominated movement it's not men trying to control women there are a lot of women in the pro-life movement because of what the movement is actually about it's about protecting women and children. But let's talk about some of those mental and psychological effects. So Chelsea, do you have anything to say about that, the abortion regret? Sure. There's actually a lot of effects, both mentally and emotionally, for, like we mentioned, the woman who went through the abortion, 
But also a lot of times we see their partners or even family members struggle with the mental and emotional health as well. And sometimes those people kind of get forgotten. And this involves quite a few people. So it's really sad that we are seeing a lot of men who are struggling with depression as well. So as you mentioned, babe, there are some people that do struggle with depression after an abortion. And the suicide rates of women after having an abortion can be seen as high as seven times higher than a person who actually had carried their child through term. Um, there's actually reported male attempts at suicide as well after an abortion experience. So one study of 281 women who had died within a year from an abortion, they found that 27% of those women had committed suicide. So that's a pretty high statistic of women committing suicide just in that small population that they studied. Other problems that women can face, and again, also their partners or even family members, they can struggle with nightmares. I remember one client telling me at a pregnancy center that she struggled with nightmares and seeing her baby like haunting her at night, and she kept having night terrors of that. Regret is something that you'll hear a lot of. But not always initially. Sometimes regret isn't even realized or doesn't come up until later in life, 20, 30 years later after their abortion. There's also an increase in high-risk behavior. A lot of times there is high-risk behavior before the abortion, but they've seen an increase in that behavior after the abortion as well. So things such as drug or alcohol abuse, prostitution, multiple partners, and then also some studies have found that women are twice as likely to die from an accident after an abortion, and they're associating this with the higher risk behaviors. You'll also see a lot of relationship struggles after an abortion. A lot of times women are pressured into an abortion because of maybe there are relationship problems and the boyfriend says, all right, get this abortion or I'm leaving you. So she goes and has an abortion, but then the boyfriend still leaves. So the abortion is not the answer to the relationship struggles. And sometimes the abortion will actually cause more division between the partners especially if you think about it, if one is saying get the abortion and the other one's saying not to. There's an increase in self-harm, just doing self-harming behaviors. So it's interesting that abortion is promoted as a way to solve child abuse and child neglect, as we've talked about in other episodes that unwanted pregnancies is going to end up in unwanted children, and these children are going to be abused and neglected. So abortion is the answer. Well, statistics actually tell us otherwise, that women who have had abortions are more likely to abuse or neglect their children. And the studies are thinking that this has to do with the fact of taking their anger out on the children for having killed their baby in an abortion earlier. There's also an increase in mental disorders. Approximately 41% of postpartum women will have an increase in mental disorders. And compared to women that have been in a violent situation, in domestic violence, 
there's an increase of 25% of mental disorders. So if you think about spousal abuse or partner abuse, that their risk of uh, mental and emotional trauma from that is only increased by 25%. And just from an abortion, it's increased by 41%. That's a huge difference. And then lastly, homicide is another factor to look at as an effect of an abortion. Um, In that study, again, of the 281 women who died after abortion, they found that 5% of the women were actually involved in homicide and that there's more than four times the risk of homicide after an abortion. Again, just with that anger being fueled from maybe having to do the abortion against her will or her choice. So mental and emotional health is extremely important for both the mom and the partner. And on the notes, I think we're going to list some various resources for anyone who might be struggling with some of these effects. If you had an abortion or if you know of someone who had an abortion, you can share these resources with them. And hopefully this will help because one thing that we for sure want to point out in all of this is that even though all these statistics sound scary and it sounds very despairing, that there's always hope because we have hope in Christ and we want to share that hope and the forgiveness of Christ with others as well. And then just one last thing I wanted to share here, babe, too, is a couple of verses just thinking about this whole abortion debate and how God made women to bear children. He says in 1 Timothy 5.14 that younger women should marry and bear children, and abortion is going against that. So, of course, God designed us to have children, to bear children. So, again, going back to is abortion safer than childbirth? God did not create abortion. God created childbirth. He would not create something that was going to be so harmful and so detrimental to women if that was the case. And then the last verse I was thinking of too was that in Psalms 127 verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Throughout God's word, he tells us how children are a blessing. They're not a curse. They're not a problem, not something to get rid of. And this is contradictory to what the world is telling us, to what the medical field tells us. Even our physicians and people that we want to trust with giving us correct information, they're giving us incorrect information. And we need to look to God's word for truth and for just a reminder that children are a blessing. Well, amen there, sweetheart. That's a lot of good thoughts and about bad thoughts, actually, but, you know, good information. And to realize that abortion doesn't just kill the child. Abortion can kill the mom and in more ways than one, if not immediately physically slowly physically or even mentally you know emotionally there's all kinds of effects of abortion on mothers and not just mothers as you mentioned the father can have his share of mental and emotional issues and i read that yes child abuse can result from the mental emotional issues where parents who are depressed or trying to deal with the struggles over 
the abortion memory can vent their frustrations on their child, and also with a diminished view of life that's resulted from the act of abortion, there's going to be a diminished view of life on the care that the parents give to their children, because if the child does anything that the parents don't like, they can always think of that idea that, should we have aborted this one, or even threaten the child in that way, and to think, how can you value abortion as a child to be told, I could have aborted you, so be thankful I was merciful to you and didn't kill you. Like, you know, how demeaning and how depressing that would be. And so, you know, abortion is just negative in every aspect of the word. And it just, as you mentioned, it goes against God's design as we see in his word. And so, yes, people will seek abortions because they're in difficult straits, but abortion is not the solution. It may be billed as a quick fix for a bad situation, but the effects are devastating on mind, body, soul, spirit. And Chelsea, you mentioned the Word of God, which is what we want to get into for the next episode. We want to talk about the ultimate solution to the abortion debate, which is a discussion about the Bible. What? The Bible? What What does the Bible have to do with abortion? Yes, we did mention a few verses talking about God's design for marriage and for childbirth, and that the fruit of the womb is his reward, but we want to present the idea in the next episode that the gospel according to the scriptures, is the ultimate and final solution to the abortion debate. And so I hope you stay tuned for that, because it's going to be an excellent episode, really hitting home with the message of the gospel. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 